0: Hello, and thank you for
1: listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church Maryville here in Maryville, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can visit our website to find out more information about our church
0: or to find our full audio archive with all of our messages. So you can find all of that at www.vineyardchurch.us, or you can also
1: subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message.
0: Are here? Thank you so much to our musicians, to Aaron for leading us in worship. And did you guys know David played the drums? How about that? David plays the drum. But wonders never cease. Uh, really glad you guys are here. Uh, especially today, we have uh, a really special guest speaker. You know, uh, a few months ago, um, Sharon, my wife, became the regional leader. Uh, and if we were in a more uh, liturgical environment, that would make her the bishop. And I've asked you guys to call her the good bishop she hates it and many of you have participated and I love you for it so very much so the person uh so who so she's the regional leader the guy who's with us today is his title is, is titled super regional leader um but I would like for you to call him uh the good cardinal so that would be the next so that's going to be this is uh John Elmer from uh Syracuse New York he's he's a uh good-spirited fella, so you can heckle him and things like that. Uh, Put your hands together and say, hey, John. Thanks.
1: Well, it's an honor, Bishop, to be here. Uh, It is an honor to be here. Uh, This is a a great church. Just coming in, this is the first time I've been here, and the warmth that I felt and the sense of... Uh, the presence of the Lord and just the community as well as in worship was just outstanding. Um, do you mind if I move things around a little bit? Just make myself at home here. I'm going to paint that back wall. You know no, I'm just it, It's a great place. And, you know, uh, Aaron and Sharon are actually... Um, incredibly respected throughout the vineyard like this is an important church and they are really important uh, leaders in our movement and they do a lot outside of the local church and so in front of everybody I just want to say thank you thank you for allowing them and and give them applause because they they do well all right today I want to talk about uh, courageous impact you know impact It's leading people to a better place. Impact is changing our environment, uh, changing people for a better future for everyone. You know, we all want to have some kind of impact, don't you? Like, you you want to have it it, with your family, with your kids if you have them, with, with your friends. You want to have impact in the community. You know, you want, at your funeral, people say, man, this person really changed me, really changed this thing, that their life really mattered. Impact. Now, courage, talking about courageous impact, courage allows us not to be deterred by fear and pain. Like, we all want to have impact, but fear and pain oftentimes keep us in our corner, if you will. Courage allows us to move into a a bigger and better life, but fear will stop it. You know, I'm from Syracuse, New York, and Syracuse is the proud home of of the New York State Fair, right? And it's a big state fair, you know, and you got your cows and your, your pigs and your llamas and all the different animal stuff, and they have all kinds of concerts and stuff, but the big thing is the Midway. You know, the Carnies come in, they set up this huge Midway. Well, a few years ago, I was bringing my grands- my grandkids, Gwen and I, to the State Fair. And they have like a kiddie Midway area, and we were there. And my one grandson, he was uh, maybe eight around that time, tall for his age, and he was doing the kiddie rides, and he was getting really bored, you know? Like the little pony that just goes in a little circle, and it's like, this is so lame. And he says, Pops, can we go to the real Midway? So I said, sure, let's go. So we walk over, and, you know, they have all the big crazy rides, and the lights, and it's crowded, and, you know, the people barking to play the games and everything. He's a little bit overwhelmed, and he looks at this one ride, it's spinny, turly, upside down, crazy thing, Right? And he's looking at it. I said, you want to go on that? He said, yeah, maybe. I said, I want you to know, Pops ain't going on no rides with you. Pops' <laughs> rides are done for his life now, right? And he, he looks, and it, it going, it's crazy, and people get off, and they're, they're yelling and laughing and kind of just overwhelming. He says, well, let's, let's go back. So we walk back. He gets on another ride. And it's like laming him out, right? So he says, Pops, OK, I, I can do it. So we go there, and I, I sent him up there with a the ticket. And you know, the guy's barking. You can see he's like really intimidated, but he he and afraid. But he pushes through his fear. And the guy measures him, and he makes it by like this much. And I tell him, you know, just just kind of lift up a little bit. I've been doing that my whole life. You know, that's how I got my wife, right? So so I'm teaching him the tricks of a short man, and. and he does it, he gets on, and you can see he's just terrified, but he pushes through, gets on a ride, comes out. I'm not sure if he's gonna throw up all over him or, or what. He comes out and he goes, Oh, that was great, Pops, can I do it again? <laughs> he pushed through his fear and had an impact on his life. And now he's like a crazy rider of every crazy thing. So, courage, we need courage to push through these blocks to have real impact. So, how can you have, you and me, Courageous impact. Here's here's the first thing. If you go with the flow, you won't make an impact. You know, we tend to stay with the status quo. It's easy. It's comfortable. You're not upsetting anybody. That's the status quo. It's the way the river's flowing and you just flow with it and there's very few bumps. But... It often leads us into the wrong direction. I mean, Jesus is countercultural. Jesus turned everything up on its head, right? That it, you know, he made lots of enemies. This perfect person who always demonstrated love, he made lots of enemies because he wouldn't flow with the status quo. I mean, think about it, right? His attitude towards people. Status quo, even today, right, is love your friends, hate your enemies. It's okay to hate your enemies, right? If they did something wrong to you, you can hate them. But Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. That's upside down. That's against the status quo. You know, the whole thing about finances, right? Even to this day, we're told, you know, get as much as you can, build up your pile, play say you know, get all the cash, like, oh, it's business, so don't worry about whatever you do to get it, right? Jesus said, you know, to be generous, to give to all who ask, to have this open hand posture. Sexuality, today's culture, right, it's... If it feels good, do it. You know, if, if you like it, go for it. But he was really clear. His word was really clear. Sex is this incredibly wonderful gift, this powerful bonding gift that, that's awesome, but it's reserved for this one spot, this, a, a, a lifetime commitment of marriage between a man and a woman. It's the status quo. Ultimate authority. I mean the status quo, right? is well, if, if, if you like it, if you feel toward it, it's your feelings, your, your world, it's your truth. But Jesus clearly pointed, the ultimate authority is the word of God. and nothing else, no matter how you feel. You know, justice might is right. Is the status quo. And yet he said, uplift the oppressed, care for the foreigner. You know, he, no wonder he had enemies because he went against the status quo. L- listen to this from Proverbs. It says, This is a dad, Solomon, you know, in this mode of, of teaching his kid, you know, what's best. And he says, My son, if simple sinful people entice you, do not give in to them. Don't go with the status quo. Stand up. Be different. You know, be discerning and go the right way. Paul kind of tells the same thing to the church in Corinth, which Corinth is a lot like our culture today. He says, don't be misled you know, it's easy to kind of get confused. It's easy to kind of buy into everything. But he says, bad company corrupts good character. That we become like the people that we hang out with. The more you're around, the more you're immersed in, in, in the mindset, in a group of people, in a status quo, the more you're going to walk that out, and it's going to feel very Okay. You know, it's, it's study a sociological study after sociological study has shown we are influenced by the people around us. And incredibly so. Like you never graduate from junior high peer pressure, right? I'm 63. I know what you're thinking. No way. <laughs> it's true. I'm 63 and I still feel peer pressure. You know. And the Bible pointed it out, and social scientists have studied this and find, oh yeah, the Bible was right, once again. People you're around will influence you. I I got I got a number of good friends. I got I got one really good friend who I hang around him. He's really into sports. He, you know, he's a lot of fun. We hang out. We have a great time. And, and he's also very active. So if I hang out with him, I'm tending to, to do more. He he eats more moderately. He, you know, just is a healthy lifestyle. We're talking sports. We're watching, you know, the ball game and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's wonderful and fun. And that's kind of where, when I hang out with him a lot, I'm really into the sports page. I have another buddy, a close friend, who... It's a lot of fun. I love hanging out with him. But he has this incredible spiritual depth. And whenever we're talking, you know, we may be munching some wings down in the sports bar. We may be, you know, uh, running around doing something fun. But, but it's always, there's these, these deep discussions about uh, our spiritual life, of, of challenges from scriptures. He'll always ask me in one way or another, How's your soul? Like, how are you doing spiritually right now? And he pushes me towards growth. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's important to recognize who's influencing us and how. And if we want to make an impact, we must take a courageous stand against the status quo. There's this guy, uh, Martin Niemeyer. He was a prominent pastor in Germany. And uh, when the Nazis and Hitler began to rise, he got caught up in all the hoopla and all the propaganda, and, and, and he actually started backing Hitler. And then as it began to play out, he, he, he stepped back and, and you know sought the word of the Lord and the Spirit, Holy Spirit and realized this was wrong, and then it stood up against Hitler. And of course, prominently, He was arrested, and he was thrown into a concentration camp and was in a concentration camp for six years of intense pressure to turn, break, but he didn't. And he's known for this, this famous quote. He said this after he got out. He said, first they came for the socialists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. It's hard to stand up against the status quo. It takes courage. Courage is not letting your fears control you speaking the truth and walking out the call of God no matter what the consequences are here's my second point to have courageous impact you need to get your bearings from a different source you know if you have the same stay with the same source you're gonna end in the same spot I could tell you if we lined everybody up and you told me what news channel do you watch and some would have fox and some would have cnn and some would have msnbc and i could tell you tell me how long you've been watching those stations how exclusively and i could tell you you're standing probably 27 different things because we're being influenced by those talking heads so we're influenced and we need to get our bearings from a different source away from the status quo different than our culture. Listen, this has been around forever. Again, Paul, talking to the Romans, said it this way. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Like this world. Like like the talking heads on TV. Like the Netflix principles. Like The water cooler talk, like the people who may be nice but aren't following Jesus, uh, you know, don't conform to this pattern of this world. But be transformed. See, that's not your GPS. Here's your GPS be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Submitting to Jesus is the renewing of your mind taking his heart and his mind and and ingesting it and and doing everything you can to line yourself up with what he would do, what he would say, how he would walk, what he would do with different individuals. It's kind of submitting would transform your mind. It's taking his word and letting the word of God, the Bible, this book, direct you in every step. No matter how crazy and upside down it is. It's an upside down kingdom we're following. You know, so we, we, we it washes as we soak ourselves in the word of God. As we sit before the Holy Spirit and allow him to direct us and cleanse us. It will, it will wash off our culture. And we'll begin to be counterculture. We'll have this courageous impact if we do these things. Towards justice, towards sexuality, towards towards how we treat each other, towards what we do with our money. Let me read you one more thing from Proverbs. Proverbs, that's in the Old Testament, right? (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Like bank on him with everything you get and everything you got. Lean not on your own understanding what your input is from the status quo and in all your ways submit to him. This is talking about total obedience. Not halfway. I, nah, I shouldn't say that. My dad used to have a saying about halfway. (laughs) Do they use that down south? Half behind? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Don't do it that way. In all your ways, submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. He'll lead you to the right course, he'll lead you to the right conclusions, the right attitude. See, The Bible is the key to this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It'll direct me in the ways to go. We must get our direction. If we want to have courageous impact, we must get our direction from Jesus and his word. Or we'll end up going the wrong way. You know, uh, do you ever have a bad GPS? (laughs) Because... I put total faith in GPS, right? I land in the area. I don't know Knoxville from Maryville, you know, and and, and so I just put in an address, and I was right here, you know. My my my, my daughter moved to El um, Elquippa, this this little old steel town city outside of Pittsburgh, and in this old city, Google I guess didn't really care much about it, and they put in this little <laughs> extension, and when she first moved there, we would put in this address. It was it was. You know, like 318 Wade Street extension. And we go all the way from Syracuse and this way and that way, and it'd lead us right to this wonderful house. But it wasn't my daughter's. <laughs> <laughs> Some reason, Google did not get the extension part. Could never. Now it does. Somebody kind of must have woke them up and told them, hey, you're missing this one. But, but bad GPS, bad directions. We need the right GPS, which is the word of God. And then act courageously. Radical obedience. Here's the last thing I want to say about this. Our cur- our cu- can I say it again? <laughs> you guys are very nice to me. That's so good. Circus Vineyard say, no! You had one shot? Now get off the stage, you idiot! You know? <laughs> Here's what I wanted to say. One—it's probably on the wall too, right? There you go. We could say it right on the wall. One courageous act can change the future. You know, you, you can. It's like redirecting a river, right? You do redirect it with a dam, with a with a thing. It it'll go a whole different route and could change, you know, the future of, of where a town settles and you know where businesses set up and all kinds of things. And there's a story. A story I love in the Old Testament. About three guys who did that. It's in the book of Daniel. It's a, it's a you know, well-known story. Uh, but I think it's really worth looking at this moment. At this time, the Jews had been exiled. And you know they had been taken out of their country, forced refugees, forced slavery, uh, an awful situation, uh, pulled out of their culture and put into this different culture. And um, this king, Nebuchadnezzar, was there. And he, took, he would take the, some of the brightest people and bring them into his court because they were smart and they could be used well there. But at this time, he makes this huge gold image. You know, it's about nine stories high. It's, it's, it's higher than the, the, the World's Fair ball there in, in, in Knoxville. It's just as gold, probably, but, but you know... Bigger And in Babylon at that time, it was a flat land and buildings maybe, you know, two stories at most, maybe three stories. So this big, like, nine-story monstrosity is seen from everywhere. Very impressive. And he puts this up, and he dedicates it to be worshipped. This announcement is made. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations of people of every language. This is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither. Did we have a zither up here? It sounded like I heard a little zither. <laughs> Love that zither. The lair, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Hello, everyone. This is the new status quo. The jams start playing. You just bow down, do business, get up, and you're all set. And no one's going to hurt you. And everybody does it, except for the three guys. But some time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to the king. May the king live forever, your majesty, as you have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of all these instruments must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there's some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of God you have set up. Furious with rage. The king is furious with rage. He is angry. See, people will get upset if you don't play by their rules. People will get angry if you're not doing the status quo. People will get angry when you stand up and say no because of Jesus or yes because of Jesus. It's gonna happen. It's happened from the beginning. It'll happen till the end. And that's what happened with King Nebuchadnezzar. Furious with rage, he shummed into three, and so they were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, "Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of God I've set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the music." If you're ready to fall down and worship the image uh, I I made, very good. But if you do not worship, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. You know, you're a dead unless you obey. I'm going to give you a second chance. Lots of times people give you a second chance. Hey, all right, all right, just, just settle down. Just sign this report. Let's just get this done. Hey, don't worry. Everybody else is doing it. Just do it. And we won't forget this conversation. Gets his chance. But the three of them replied to the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. You see, everyone else in town... Everybody else says, you do need to defend yourself against the king. The king is all powerful. The king is like a god. What the king says, go. It's going to happen. So, you better suck up to the king. You better cozy in here. But say, hey, we don't have to because we have a higher source. Because we're not going with the status quo. See, we're going to move forward be what our God tells us to do. And so they say, you know, we don't need to, if we, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. His faith will trust him. But then I love this line. This line shows true faith. This line shows true courage. This line shows true understanding of God's ways are not just today, but there's eternity with them. They say, but. Even if he does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. No matter what, we will be obedient. No matter what the cost, we're aligning with our Lord. Well, that didn't go over too good. He was furious. He he, he heats up the furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been. He ties them up and binds them, has them thrown in the furnace. You know the story. It's so hot, the flames come out and kill the guards that were, were throwing these guys in the furnace. And then, as they're in the furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar leaps to his feet in amazement and asks his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? Certainly, Your Majesty. We well, said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. That there they are, in the persecution, in the pain, in the suffering, they are with Jesus. Jesus is walking with them, and they're unbound. There is freedom in that place, there is glory in that place. There's power in that place to have courageous impact over the whole land. That when they did not care of what the consequences were, Jesus walked with them and freed them from all things. He approached the burning forest and shouted out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. And so they came out of the fire, and everybody was amazed. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, nor was a smell of fire on them. Now, listen to the impact they have. This is the most important, most powerful person on the globe in that day. He says, Praise be to the God of Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. Because they were courageous, because they fought the status quo, the most powerful person on the planet worships Yahweh, worships the God of gods, the true Lord. Through that, Jesus. They worshiped. And who's, yeah, they say they trusted in him and defied the king's command. And were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, they were courageous. Here's the impact. He worships, and therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. And their houses will be turned into piles of rumble, for no other god can save this way. And then the king promoted them. Our families, our friends, our schools, our workplaces, our neighborhoods need you to stand up. Need you to be courageous, to not let fear control you, but to walk out the principles of God from the word of God in an unflinching way. We need people to radically love. We need people to risk to change the future and not care about the consequences they must and will suffer. I can tell you a little story um, to end about my wife, she did this. You know, um, when I first planted the church, that was 31 years ago. It was a long time ago, um, and we planted, and we were kind of growing a little bit, and uh, we got up to about 65 adults, and we had gathered. You know, really at best, our our rich people in our congregation were working class. <laughs> Our poor people were more homeless. It wasn't really a, a lot of money. It was a great crew of people. And um, we'd grown. We kind of got stuck. To the, the, the place we were using, it was this church. We had a Sunday night. and It wasn't a good situation. It was, wasn't warm. Didn't have space. We already filled it. It was just this old, old little country church kind of thing that we were using. And it, it, was, it wasn't any good. And we had to move. And so if we really wanted to get by get forward. Kind of like you guys. I know you guys are in that same spot. You guys have maxed out your space here. And you know, you're, you're moving towards to a new building. That's awesome what God may do. Well, we realized we needed to do that. And we started looking around and the best thing we could find, we found this building. It was 3,000 square feet uh, of rental space above a pizzeria. Which was great for a fat man who loves Italian food, right? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was my dream. So we had a 3,000 square feet, which wasn't much. But we knew we could max it out and grow. And, and the guy wanted, a th- you know, so we went into negotiations. And the guy wanted $1,000 a, a, a month, which was like a good deal. But to us, $1,000 was kind of like a million dollars. You know, it was like, wow, four figures. That's crazy. We just didn't have that kind of money. And we are wrestling. And he said, look at, And here's the deal. He said, you personally need to sign this lease. And, you know, we have a friend who is a lawyer, and we talked to him, he's looking, he says, if you sign that lease, you're basically signing that your $36,000 plus the build-out is on you. Like, no matter what happens with the church, in two months it could blow up, you still have to pay the rest of the lease. Like, there's no way out. And we're freaking out. Like, we're a young family. You know, we don't, we, we don't have that money. We, we we'd gotten a house, and that was it, and we owed a ton on that, but you know, we were stuck. And I tried to negotiate. It's like, can we have the church sign? No, 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 it's got to be you. And the lawyer said, look at if, if you do this and you don't make the payments, he could take your house. And I'm like, man, I can't sign this paper. And I went to Gwen. And I'm so like, you know, this is, this is look at if we sign this paper, this face will help us grow. I know that. But if we sign this paper, we, we, we could, you know, lose everything. Like, we'd, to, we'd lose our house. We have three kids, you know, you know, seven and under. It's little kids, and we're gonna, lo- you know, if we lose our house, what are we gonna do? And she said, "Well, let's sign." I said, "Gwen, you don't understand. We could lose our house, like we lose everything. This is what we've worked for. We have this comfortable house. We, you know, for our kids, it's their future too. Like, like I know God's called us to plant this church, but, but you don't understand. We could lose everything." She said, sign it. I said, "Gwen, we could lose our house." And she looks at me and says, so what? So what? We lose our house if this doesn't work. God will bless. God will care for us. God will deliver us. So what? She had courage. Where I was getting wrapped up and tied down in fear, she had courage to say, so what? We are going to trust Almighty God. We we're going to go against what is wise in the world's eyes. We signed it. And that year we doubled in size and we grew. We didn't stop growing until basically COVID. I hate that COVID. <laughs> in the next four years as we had that space, we saw over 400 people get saved. Her so What? allowed 400 people to have their eternity changed. Her so what? Allowed, you know, I don't know, 1000, 2000 people get healing, get get marriages restored, get get lives changed. Her so what led to our church growing to a spot where we impact our whole city. You can have that kind of impact. But you need to be courageous you need to say so what you need to listen to the lord no matter what it's going to cost you and your impact will go on and on for years here's what i'd like to do i'd like to give you all a moment to hear from the lord on this the second i'm going to ask you to close your eyes i'm going to invite the holy spirit and I'm going to ask you all in this presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit here who wants to speak to you and direct you, I want you to ask this one question. Jesus, where do you want me to step out to have impact? It, it may be speaking to a family member about Jesus. It may be giving some crazy amount to the building fund as you guys move. It it may be stepping out in ministry. Some of you may be called to plant a church or be missionaries. I don't know what it is for you. It may be cleaning up a relationship that's in a mess. But there's something I know that God is calling you to do to have courageous impact. And I, want to, I believe that the Holy Spirit will point that to you. So would everybody just close your eyes for a moment now. Let's just understand that the presence of the Holy Spirit is here. That he inhabits the praises of his people. That where two or more are gathered, he's here in a special way. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you. I invite you to move and to speak to each hearing. Show us where we need to step forward. Show us where fear has controlled us. Just now stay sensitive to the nudge from the Holy Spirit.